All right, so typically these intros are supposed to at least be slightly clever, giving you, the listener, a quick overview of my thoughts on a particular game. But sometimes, I encounter a game that just seems to lack originality across the board. Shadows of Adam, from my perspective, seems to have almost nothing original about it. I really have nothing further to add to it. This game is an RPG you have all played before. I am putting the proverbial ball in my brother's court to convince me that something unique happens later on in this one. So Mike, please give me a little hope. Some some big words right there. All right, sounds good. Shadows of Adam is a bite-sized RPG that does little new, but it has enough twists, fun banter between characters, and a solid battle system that it makes it worth your time. A shorter RPG that will fit right into those in-between bigger games. Don't let the short runtime and JRPG standards ward you off. This is a complete experience that I stand behind. Oh, we should talk about it. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this game worth your time? I am mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your RPG time lord. Time mage. Magic. There we go. Time mage. Have Michael. You, haven't you used that one before? I think that's cheating. Uh, is it? Have I, have you used time lord? This is No, no. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's in the books now. But you are Mike, so you're correct there. And I'm Larry. In the cloud. It's probably, it could be somewhere in a book. I don't know. Final Fantasy Seven. What? Cloud? <laughs> or are you meaning fluffy clouds in the sky? yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're off to a ethereal, good ethereal. Uh, so yeah, that's Larry. I'm Michael, and we're playing an RPG, or we did play an RPG, and we're gonna tell you if it's worth your time. I think it is. Larry is uh, in between on this one. No, this is legitimately just a uh, sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the ascent. So we're we're doing another back and forth. Reverse, yeah, yeah. Larry, how long did you spend playing this game? So I wrote between an hour and thirty three and an hour and forty one minutes because I could not read my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so an hour and a half with a. RPG seems very minute, but this game only took me 10 hours, 48 minutes, and 53 seconds on the Nintendo Switch. Now, you are always beating games quicker, because I looked up at how long to beat. It says 11 and a half hours for the main story. I mean, I do what I do. Which means it would have taken me about 12, probably. I'm always just a little bit, about a half hour longer than normal. That makes sense. So, if from your perspective, I think an hour and a half on a normal RPG wouldn't be much to say. I mean, Mm. whatever, you I, you could still say, if somebody only plays an hour of each RPG, I think that that's valid, whatever. But in my head, I want to go a little bit deeper. But an hour and a half after like a 10, 11 hour game, I think that's it's doable. You got a good chunk of it. Going. Oh, about one tenth. Yeah. I think that's solid for your viewpoint. Hmm. So we're going to talk about it. But Shadows of Adam was released on February 23rd, 2017. I believe it got ported to the Nintendo Switch the following year is when I played it. It is developed and published by Something Classic Games. This is their first game, and they are a team of five people from when wait, I... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. It's, it's literally Something Classic? I thought you just forgot something to say. So it's oh. actually Something Classic? Yeah. That's kind of clever. Yeah. The, they got a cool logo, too. Check them out. This is their first game. They're a team of five people, according to their website, when I looked it up. They are currently working on Quartet, which is their newest RPG. They also have another game called Pillars of Dust. I have not played it. Hmm. Neither have I. Yeah, Quartet looks cool, though. I'm going to look that up while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think you were being serious, but that's all right. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll talk about a question first, and then I'll kind of go into some story bits just to see, to answer your question, if things change. It's on Steam. What is? Quartet. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. It looks more indie than this one does. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Okay, anyways. 
It isn't isn't an indie developer. How does the length of game influence your desire to pick it up? Because you are a different beast when it comes to games. Yeah. So when you sent me this question, I couldn't decide if you were trying to say based on this game or just games in general. I think both. Okay. So with this game, I actually was kind of pleasantly surprised. I felt like this was going to be one of those games that was like somehow 25, 30 hours long. And because it didn't feel like it was doing anything new to me based on what I played, I was a little nervous about it being that long. The fact that it's only like a 11 ish hour game, that's, I could maybe see myself almost accidentally hitting that being like, okay. Cause again, I, com- I got through the misty woods. I completed like that giant mushroom boss guy. Yeah. And then I went through the, I think it was like a dark cave or something like that. Like the Pokemon style. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. And then I got, so that was where I ended. And I mean, again, I have no willingness to want to go back, but I would be significantly more willing to tackle a game of this length and that style. Mm, okay. Ga- gaming in general, I will typically say JRPGs, especially when you, you start seeing games have like 45, 50, 60 hours of gameplay. That's just, it, for some reason, that style of game, that just seems so exhausting to me. Which and yet is, I play is, Western yeah. RPGs that have a ton. I was just going to say, and he yeah. spends hundreds of hours in Rocket League. So, you know, mm. yes, that's your, true, your priorities are so weird to me. They're all over the place. But I will say, I think if I look at an RPG and the minimum time is 60 hours, I'm like, oh, that's pushing it for me. Like, Oh, really? I was, yeah. Okay. So... I love long games. I love long JRPGs because they usually have a great twist. As long as the balancing of going from town to town is fun and inviting, I enjoy it. I would rather it be around that 30 hours for me. So that's like half, right? Yeah, I always wondered with you, uh, is it more about the gameplay hook or is it like the cast of characters and like their vibe? What is more important to Uh, you? So generally, I would say it's cast of characters and the vibe and the story and the world building. Gameplay for me a lot of times is secondary, but it has to be engaging enough for me to finish it. I know some people are the exact opposite. Like the battle system is the number one thing because it's going to be what you're doing the most time with. But that for me, not really. Because it's interesting when I have kind of found myself semi-hooked or at least interested in this style of game, the banter and just kind of the long-term arcing storylines between the individual characters I find fascinating and I find myself actually getting interested and I care about the characters. Exactly. And I think what pushes me to a game when it is a longer game, it's like, okay, I want to see the next big story point. So let me make my way through this dungeon. Hopefully the dungeon is fun and exciting to explore, but I'm just getting to that end boss so I can see what the next part of the story is. Mm, So I would say story and characters and all that development is more a priority for me. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I guess I'll let you talk about the story a little bit, but I was kind of curious just in that question, maybe answer this at the end. Did you end up caring about the cast of characters here? I, I Did think you so. like their story? Uh, so I've so it's kind of a run-of-the-mill story overall, but I did like the banter between the characters. I think that was really well done, and especially with some NPCs, they have a lot of quirky, funny dialogue in this game. I think so I di- enjoy it. I'll, I'll say that. that. There is some really entertaining and funny dialogue in this game. And here's my thing. It is really hard to make a game funny. Mm. The only games that really pop up in my head is like the Paper Mario games. Those games are generally funny. And I took many screenshots. I'm just going to go to it right now. Of times that I think a standout of this game is the humor. All right. For example, on their website. So this is even outside the game. 
uh, this they have like key features of this game. And they're like 10 to 12 hours of gameplay, 12 to 14 if you never figure out how to run. <laughs> like that's just it's so like simple the clever quick witted i like that. silly but clever yeah okay so another example so your main characters in this game are talon or, or kellen and azrael and those are a brother and sister one's adopted and then you meet curtis and then it's talon and talon's the mage guy and kellen and him buttheads like the entire game it's great so talon joins your party and you found this new dungeon and it's on this mountaintop and kellen responds Gee, how would we ever have found this giant smoking mountain without you? <laughs> and like, it's great because they, they're on this top of this mountain. They're, I forget you're like unlocking something in the game. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like, all right, that's clever. And then, so there's one point where you go to this bridge and it's broken down, kind of like a lot of RPGs. You have to do some story stuff, wait for the bridge to get made. And so you can talk to the guard and there's two soldiers standing there. You talk to one of them and he says, halt, this bridge is under repair. Luckily, Dredorian architects are the finest in the world. And then Kellen responds, then why is the bridge collapsed? <laughs> and the soldier says, dot, 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 quiet you. I actually appreciate that. It's almost a dry sense of humor. It's yeah. quick-witted. It's smart. I it's like all that. back and forth. The banter is really good. I think that lasts throughout the whole entire game, which is, that's one of the reasons that got me through this. I don't think it's the best RPG at all in the world, but it is a really good indie small experience to me. Okay, so knowing you with this game being, you said you beat it in a little under 11 hours? Correct. How many sittings? I don't know off the top of my head, but I okay. feel like it was four or five. Okay, because I feel like there's been a lot of times where like you make it a point. You're like, yeah. hey, I did this in two sittings. I did this in one. Or I did yeah, this one, one I don't think I... Hold on. No, I thought I maybe had some of my Google notes, but I, I did not. All right, so let's get into some little quick story bits. So there is the Wraith world that is being held at bay. And then in the very beginning of the game, you get this little book and it's got these wraith cool, very cool images of like giant skulls coming out of the ground. So something's happening. And it seems like Shadows of Adam, which is the name of the town, Adam, is shrouded in this like mist and you're protected. So you eventually take Azrael and you go out looking for your father. And your father was Orazio and he is an old hero and he disappeared and nobody knows where he went. Kind of cliche, you're looking for your father, but whatever. Uh, Kellen's very, like, I'm going to save my father. I'm going to find him and save him. And I think that's pretty cool. I don't know why, in a weird way, I was disappointed that the Shadows of Adam name was just, that's the town. And I don't know why. Like, Shadows it's of Adam It's very strange. Sounds, I yeah. think, I don't know if they, I, I like the name, but I don't know if it fits. So it's like there's shadows around Adam, I guess. There's yeah. like some big event happened here. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess I was just kind of wondering if maybe there was like a deeper meaning to it than that. No, I don't think it was just the town you started. Because and... it is a cool name. I like it. Yeah. And I think it's great for a name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, we play as Orazio's son, Kellen, and his adopted daughter, Israel. The land is being infected and we go on a journey to find out what's going on and hopefully find out what happened to our father. Spoiler alert. We do. He bad. That's basically what happens. Uh, you also meet Curtis, who is a monk who uses claws, and he is the oldest member of the group, and he's pretty cool. His introduction to me was, like, so cliche. Like, I don't like, I don't know why games do this, but it's like, it. we didn't know who he was. And then suddenly, Correct. there's a big baddie, and then he just shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know why I don't like it when games do that. He just, out of the blue, it's like, oh, here we go. Here's the guy that's going to save us from this boss battle that we would have lost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I mean, it's, it, it is a trope, yes. I mean... The world's kind of falling apart in regards, so that's why he's out wandering. But, you know, it's a little happenstance. Sometimes you just got to overlook yeah. that giant world and these people run into each other. Then Talon, you eventually get him, and he's the rival friend to Kellen. 
Um, so the main thing I want to talk about is the ending dungeon. So you're just going from place to place. There is a, a reoccurring prince called Mal- Malville that tries to, he's basically obsessed with Azrael, wants her because she thinks he's so, she has a weird line like stars or beauty or something like that. That's really weird. And <laughs> okay. he's a reoccurring boss, which I think is another cool thing about this game. In a short period of time, you run into multiple bosses. But the main thing I think I like about this game is the ending dungeon gives you story. And not many games do this well. And so... Uh, Explain. I actually don't know what you mean by that. So you get... You learn more about your father as you're traversing the dungeon. Okay. So you... At this point in the game, you're... Spoilers for the end of the game. So, you know, if you want to, you can skip this part for a while. You're going down into the abyss. I think it's called like the... I can't remember the name. But you, you take your airship and you go down into the abyss. And... As you're traversing the abyss, you'll take this mine cart and it'll go through like a black screen. You'll see your father's spirit like because oh, he, okay. he's dead. Yeah. And so then it does flashbacks to what happened, why he left. And so the first flashback is they're showing this girl or this lady and she's tied to a tree. And all the people of Adam are basically like this beast is requiring a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so they leave her to die. And Orazio comes out as the creature. You don't actually see the creature, which is interesting. You just hear it coming. And he comes out and he's like, "These all these people are cowards, yada, yada. And so he goes and fights the beast himself and defeats okay. it because he's this very powerful creature. Or not creature. He's a very powerful man, legendary hero. So he saves her. They end up uh, getting the next one shows that she's having a baby or he's waiting outside the like village waiting for her to be born. And then it cuts to a grave. So she dies giving birth to Kellen. So that, that's like a good, just almost story element right there. Yeah. So, and it's cool because at the very beginning, when you're in Shadows of Adam, there, you can go to the grave and there's this giant statue and they don't explain who it is. And uh, you learn at the very end, oh, that was your mother. Okay. I was yeah. like, all right, that's kind of cool. That's a story beat payoff. That's yeah, good. exactly. Like that. And you wouldn't almost connect the dots in that regard. So then as you traverse this dungeon again, which I think the last dungeon is pretty fun. All the store or puzzle elements from previous dungeons are kind of mixed in. So it's kind of this little fun thing. And you learn that he goes to this Wraith crystal, which is where Curtis was. And he made Curtis say, and there was an attack on the fort, but he lied and he just went into the Wraith crystal demand basically, Hey, give me my wife back. And so he tried to like take the Wraith Crystal's powers and then the Wraith Crystal like (laughs) runs away, which is really weird to me. It's like this kind of being, I guess. And so he destroyed, he ended up destroying the temple himself by wanting to get his wife back. So then from what I remember playing at the beginning of the game, we're collecting shards. What? Of the Wraith Crystal to like summon it or to get down into it, I think. And the interesting part is when he's leaving uh, this temple, I forget, it's like Solemn or something like that, where the witches are, which is what Curse is part of. He finds Azrael and her parents have been smushed by the rocks that he caused because the place is, and he takes her. He's like, do you want to die here? And he just grabs her and that's how he adopts her. And so, interesting. yeah, he's, he's a very interesting man. So you learn all this, that he's the cause of basically the world kind of breaking apart because the Wraith Crystal is now unchecked and monsters are coming back. And you get to the Wraith door, which is the separation between this world and the other world where all the spirits are. And the Wraith crystal is like hovering and it's fight, kind of like fighting you. It's like has strong magic. And Orazio's spirit's right there. 
And Azrael is like the most gifted magician. She's the only one that can really use magic. And she blasts it and blasts into the door. And Orazio comes back to life. And now the door to the Wraith world is open. And she's like, we have to destroy that. And he's like, no, if it's in the right hands, we can remake the power. And he mm-hmm. says, he's like, I'm the wind and I can be the storm or something like that. And then you fight him. And then at the very end, he's a, he's a cool looking boss. Uh, you should look it up. The picture of him is really cool. Okay. It's a pretty tough boss fight, and it's fun. And then when he is defeated, the because the Wraith Crystal is gone, now the Abyss World is going to collapse. And so he's like, he doesn't want it to die, so he takes the Wraith Crystal and shoves himself into the door. Okay, so he kind of sacrifices yeah, himself. Yeah, exactly. Basically. At the end, he's like, what does he say? He says a really good line. I think I wrote it down. Oh, before he fights, he's he makes fun of Kellen, his son. He's like, are you here to save me, boy? And like, oh. see, this whole entire journey... Is like Kellen's trying to save his father, and really the father doesn't want to be saved. He just wants to have the power. And when you finally beat him, uh, he says, you know, Kellen, we're the same. What have I done? So he's kind of realized he's done bad. And he says, we're just scared little boys fighting like hell. And I think that's interesting. So he's just trying to fight to get his wife back, and you're fighting to get your father back. Uh, I it? mean, yeah, there's parallel there. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's kind of cool, and Kellen doesn't want to leave him, but he the door shuts, and they leave, and it's basically the end of the game. So I guess the takeaway that I want to get from this is you specifically wanted to talk about the last dungeon. And so there seems like there's a lot of story beat payoffs in that last little section. Yeah, which I think more games should do. I think it's really cool. So, but my question is, is there enough story in the first three quarters of the game that gets you to that point? Because again, I love it when games do that. So that's an interesting question because I think a lot of it is run of the mill. You're just going to collect shards, which I don't mind doing that kind of stuff. But I think between the character banter and a competent battle system, I think, I think, yeah, there's enough. I think the little recur- returning uh, the, ba- the one boss, Mal- the Malvik or whatever, I think there's enough there. I don't think it's going to be wowing you. But like you said, is there enough story? Maybe. I think there was enough to get me there. Okay. So I was actually just going to ask about that. So you, you brought up, you asked me about the battle system. I, I was going to say the, the standout thing to me, and I'm sure there's more to it. I just found it unique. It, it's AP in the game, right? Correct. Yeah. The fact that after each round of battle, you actually get it yeah, a little right? back. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that. But then I kind of started thinking about it and I was like, I actually think it has a double-edged sword effect where there's on the one hand, it's like, okay, well, you don't have to worry about this as much because you don't have to use an item to replenish this all the time. But at the same time, it makes me wonder then if there's more possible combos that can then be unlocked because you're like, okay, I use this. I'm going to get this much back next turn. This boss or enemy is going to probably do this to me. And so there's a little bit of planning ahead. And so I actually kind of figured that might, at first I didn't like it, but the more I thought about it, I was like, I wonder if that actually unlocks more strategy into the game. Yeah, I can't decide if it's more strategy, but the thing I do like about it is you aren't scared to use like your big moves and your special moves all the time. So it makes it kind of fun. Can you gain, like, is that like a static amount or can you gain items that where you end up unlocking or getting more back? You do end up getting more, a bigger AP pool. And I can't remember. I think you can get it where you regain more, or that might be set how much you gain, but there might be some equipment or something that you can do. Okay, so... And because I only was, again, I only played it for like the hour and a half, hour and 40 or so. I didn't feel like there was anything like revolutionary about 
the battle system. Correct. I, I didn't not I didn't dislike it. I just it felt like okay, well I've done this before. I didn't feel like there was anything unique about it. The only thing that stood out to me was the fact that I was getting AP back. And it yeah, was and I think that's probably its standout feature for the battle system. One, it's kind of quick. Two, overall, and yeah, it's you that that pool of regenerative, which I, I I've noticed a lot of indie RPGs are now doing. Which I've only played like two others, but uh, the ones I've played all had a similar mechanic. So I don't know what that's about <laughs> okay well, <laughs> um, well so then i was gonna say then if for whatever reason i had a gun to your head and i was like listen mike shadows of adam you need to right now tell me a standout feature or i'm gonna shoot you and i don't know why i would ever put you in this scenario yeah what is the standout scenario or uh, scenario standout feature it's probably that battle system for a battle system it's that it's the humor and the payoff at the end for the final dungeon those are the three things okay all right i'm, I'm trying to figure out if that's that's enough for some people, no. I think for me it was, obviously. But, uh, I mean, here's an example of how the combat system can be used pretty coolly. So, Kellen has an ability called Taunt, and in most games that makes the enemies fight you, right? Or target your specific partner. Yeah, that's a pretty common... The, yeah, exactly. In this one, it's interesting because they attack you more than normal. So, if a creature would only attack once a turn, maybe it'll attack two or three times against you. So, it, it's a big negative, right? But then you can use Talon's ability of blur, and so you can't be attacked for three turns. So oh. so all the enemies attack Kellen. You, you're not getting hit. And then the next on Kellen's next turn, you can use a move called parry, and so he'll counter every single time he attacks okay. or gets yeah. attacked. So it's kind of like they're almost killing themselves. They're, they're targeted to attack you. You can't be hit, but you parry every single time you get attacked. That almost feels like, uh, I mean, a really popular game. It's not in the same genre, but I really, really, really liked XCOM too. And I feel like that kind of level of strategy in the battle system, the turn-based style actually works really well. And so that kind of reminds me. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I use that for like mobs all the time. It was great. Okay. Something I guess I was really curious about is you asked me a question. You asked if I could how did you word it? If I feel like this was an indie RPG and I guess I, I really don't even care about my answer to that question. All right. I'm curious. Why did you ask that? Like what? It, Cause it feels like you clearly feel that. Uh, it's not that I clearly feel that it's more of, it's not a big name game. So would you go out of your way to play an indie RPG? I think that's more of the thing. Does okay. it have a connotation where because it's not in the, like the big names of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, all that jazz. Do you think that makes it? I mean, it doesn't make it lesser. Do you think it draws people away and it feels indie just because it's not attached to those big IP? Yeah, that's interesting because I also kind of feel like maybe not for the Dragon Quest side, but the Final Fantasy side, that genre has it's such it's so different now than what yeah. it used to be that I, I mean I don't I don't look at this as a negative at all. I think if anything, the whole indie name if it ever at any point had a negative connotation to it like it shouldn't anymore it's i Very actually true. think some of my favorite games are the smaller budget games that have come out in the last like 10 years so i, I don't have an issue with it i guess my just big thing was is, is there something about this other than maybe the length that felt indie to you that you felt justifiably asking me that question i think the pixel art's a little different it's not like old school pixel art we have this new age pixel art that is becoming cooler it rubs me a little bit the wrong way on this i think the art style is different in this game but all those other things don't really feel indie i mean 
I think it's the length. <laughs> this is the main thing that really? makes me okay. just think that, which I liked. I like the little shorter experience. It's kind of interesting to me that length is associated with it just Yeah, being but smaller. I just can't think of many small RPGs out there. Okay, well, I, I guess then, so you, you're talking about the length. You're talk, I was talking, you know, the gameplay systems. Obviously, you talked about the story. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we brought up anything about the music. I yeah, the music's really good. Yeah, I I wasn't necessarily so the first cave that you're in at the beginning of the game. I, I wasn't blown away by any of the music there. I actually really liked the Misty Woods area, the piano. Uh, I, I like the the journey between the town and the cave. There's okay. like some cool music going on. Okay, well, did you? What about like at the last cave towards the end of the game? That that doesn't really stand out. They have some cool eerie themes though, as like. The uh, flashbacks are happening and stuff. Okay. Well, so something interesting that I found out since I didn't play as much of this game, I was kind of doing a little bit of research. And one of the things I noticed was, so according to the developers of this game, from the onset, the aim of this game is to take several favorite aspects of classic RPGs and combine them into one experience. And Hmm. so for starters, I was wondering, did you feel they achieved that? And then... Also, what are your thoughts on that being the aim from the onset instead of maybe trying something new? <laughs> I feel like that's the aim of uh, all developers. They want to recapture that golden era of JRPGs back in the SNES and the mm. PS1 days. Like, I feel like everybody's like, this is going to be the next Chrono Trigger, yada, yada, yada. I think that's a good starting point Okay, for developers to do that. I don't think this game captured all the golden JRPGs in one bundle? No, not at all. I don't think. Mm. Yeah. One, there's not, I like these characters. There's no, but they're not like highly elevated in my head. I wouldn't go out of way saying they're my top 50 characters of all time. So, I, they so wouldn't even get even close. I, I wonder then if that's maybe part of the negative of what happened is they were trying to emulate the strengths of a lot of those older RPGs and they took a little bit from all of them got them together, and then it just kind of became a game that is not bad, but maybe there isn't anything crazily memorable about it. It's just, yeah, it so sounds I, like the humor, though, definitely. Yeah, so I think there is memorable things in this package. It's just not going to, it doesn't, it's such a high height to achieve to get to those games. And even some of those games are flawed a lot in today's perspective, so that's probably why they chose to go with a shorter experience which I think is really cool for this game in particular. Developers trying to do this, all right, so trying to get like the golden, the new wave instead of starting something new. The problem with a lot of RPGs, and it's happened in the PS1, PS2 era even, is when you try and change too much, you lose sight and it gets convoluted. If my battle system takes a lot to do, I'm probably going to drop it. Like, I love Legend of Dragoon. I've never beaten it. I got to the third disc, maybe. That system takes a lot of time in battles. And Dragon Quest, very, very simple turn-based RPG, has lasted all this time, where Final Fantasy has adapted. And I think you run the risk of losing sight of what is good in those type of games from the golden era. I suppose that's the interesting thing, right? Is you have to find a way to make sure when you're making an RPG, JRPG, whichever style, you have to make sure, first of all, you retain that audience base. Yeah, there's a certain style of those games. Yeah, and then what is it you can do to then grab more? So like, for instance, in this game, first of all, if you are not a fan of RPGs or JRPGs, it's safe to assume this game's not doing anything that's going to allure you in. Well, a lot of people think 
that JRPGs are bloated. They're way too long. So maybe okay. this would be a good starter RPG. Kind of okay. like people say with Pokemon, that's a good starter RPG. Final Fantasy X, a lot of people say is because of the battle system and not having to control the camera and all that jazz. I think this could be a, a good starting point, but the problem is it's not going to hit the echelon of height. So would that they expect... I mean, that could be even a better thing. You expect, oh, okay, this is what JRPGs are, and then you play someone like Golden or Stance, you're like, whoa, this is what they actually so could be. It's possible, according to you, that maybe this is a good jumping-in point. So then, if you are a fan of RPGs, does this game do stuff that would bring you in? If you're a big Final Fantasy fan, you're a big Dragon Quest fan, would this be like, okay, hey, I want to try this. This is like a, a bite-sized version of those games. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I said in my intro. It's a bite size. It's a good chunk in between. I've noticed with people of our, that love JRPGs, they are very, very particular. Yes. And I am more broad, I feel like. So that is a very hard question to answer. Okay. I think if you're looking for something quick and easy while you're waiting for your next big JRPG, I think this is a good recommendation. Okay. Well, and I guess, though, for me, then, the length of time, maybe the investment, it's not hard to say hey go for this while you're waiting like you said waiting for the big one because it's not a 30 40 50 hour investment so maybe that actually could be one of its benefits yeah and i think that is one of its hallmarks and that's what it is memorable for because it is a complete story you get a payoff at the end you have a good journey along the way and it's only you know 12 hours 11 hours and i'm okay with that there's dlc never played it but okay well then as the native you know rpg expert here uh you are I guess recommending it. I would, yeah. yeah okay. Um. Yeah. It's just again, don't don't listen to me on this. One. <laughs> well, at the same time, you should listen to him because you make really good points that nothing is stand out, and I, in a sense, agree with you because it's not going to change your world. It's not going to. I'm not going to. It's not going to show up on the top twenty best RPGs of all time. I know that, but yeah, I think. Yeah. I and another thing is, I don't think it needs to be, and I'm kind of excited to see what they do with their next one too, and see if they learn some things from it. You know, you saying that just made me realize how excited it would be to watch you squirm trying to do like a top 10 or 20 RPGs of all time. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't have anxiety and that's actually making me feel like there's something going on inside my body. Let's write that one down. That might be fun to do sometimes. Yeah, top 10, okay. We'll we'll put it in there. Uh, One thing I do, I talked about the recurring boss fights. I think uh, the Prince Malvo guy that you run into, I think they do something really cool. At he's a he's a kooky character regardless, and I feel like maybe an homage to Final Fantasy VI, but whatever, doesn't matter. With Kafka, not Kafka, but the uh, the slime dude. Oh, the tentacle oh, monster. Yeah, what yeah. is his name? I don't know. He's purple. Whatever. You know who I'm talking about. I just can't think of the name. So once he gets infused with magic, he's one of the other few magic users in this world, and he looks pretty cool in the battle. But he since he just got infused with magic right he is not experienced so he has two other people with him his magic spells actually hurts his and oh foes. That, that's and i clever. thought i was like i've never seen that in a game from memory i was like that's a really cool concept because he's like i'm super powerful just gonna use him he's hurting his own that's cl- no I, li- I like that's a that's a really neat gameplay feature but also then it adds that gameplay feature adds to the story because it exactly. makes sense and i, I think I like that yeah that's another standout moment for me. Okay. No, that that is a cool feature. I think more games should do stuff like that. You know, it's weird when you're talking about like, you know, your main character or well, the the girl, Azrael. Mm-hmm. 
you know, she's kind of a magic user. And then now he's one of the other fewer ones for some reason that like runs the same lines, like final fantasy 10 with the summoner side, Yuna. And then, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what, was, what was his name? Seymour. Seymour. Thank you. Yeah. It, it feels like it summons a, a similar area there. I can, oh, I can hear some battle music in my head for that. <laughs> that's another touchy game, right? People love or hate that. Oh one. yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know what? You never asked me. Do you think developers should be chasing what has come before? I mean, I feel like we are with our Streets of Rage 4 talk, we're talking about remaking these old games, making sequels for games. Do you want that with the JRPG? I mean, you, you've you been into JRPGs. You've never been like hardcore into them. But well, I, I feel like the easy answer to this is any of the genres that I like, I want them to keep doing it. Genres that I'm not interested in, I would prefer them to try something new because clearly I'm not interested in them. So try shoot for something more. Uh, I, I think it's probably good to have a good mix because there are some aspects of video games that just work and so you know whether it's there's tropes that we all kind of just accept but i always do appreciate when someone tries something brand new which is why you'll start seeing standout games every couple of years where it's like whoa this is fresh this is new uh but yeah with my genres that i like i don't i'm just like just just perfect it keep going there that works for me it's it's such a it's a very fine line yeah it's a tough balance because you don't want to you do want to innovate and be crazy, but you don't want to lose sight of what that genre is to begin with. And especially if you're working with a series like Final Fantasy has changed so much that I don't care nearly as much for it anymore. And well, that might be the prime example, right? Is you're a JRPG fan. I'm a Western RPG fan. And I don't want Western RPGs to change a ton. I want them to perfect and streamline some of their stuff where JRPGs, the example, Final Fantasy, especially 15 absolutely jumped onto the western rpg front i even didn't like that though and so there is a weird hmm. boundary i liked final fantasy 15 but yeah it wasn't no i i mean i yeah i lost interest in that one pretty quick but so i i don't know was that the western rpg part of it or was that just it's final fantasy yeah that's a good point i don't know it's a very fine line like you said yeah but then again i have i have a weird love with final fantasy games it's like final fantasy 7 8 i i thought 6 the concept was amazing i never beat it though and then 10 for some reason and then i really liked 12 yeah 12 12 great but anyways this is not a final fantasy podcast no this is a jrpg talk along <laughs> yeah no kidding talk along does that work yeah talk about talk with we're having a discussion we're having a discussion that would be the <laughs> way i would say that so I guess then just just selling point Shadows of Adam, uh, you know, I kind of said my intro was basically there was nothing crazy original about it. You've you've told me a couple things, and I'm yeah, like, okay, that's pretty unique. Nothing, I like that. Nothing different enough, but enough twists as well. Yeah, I don't think I've done this for a game in a little while, but if we were going back to that 13-point scale that I brought up, like, episode two or something, I don't even remember. That was on story, so is this just an, as a whole? As a whole, yeah. Ooh, uh, like a nine. Okay. All right. I mean, that's that's probably still under. That. That's not great, but it's not bad. Nine or ten. Yeah. Okay. Well, then ten, you're you know, you're looking like seventy percent. So I'd probably even go higher than that. So ten point five, probably. Okay. So yeah, you liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Quite a bit. So there you have it. No quick bits for you this time. Sorry, you Aww. got enough of those stories in there. You're good to go. Oh, that makes me sad. I love the quick bit segments. Shadows of Adam isn't going to rock the JRPG world or reach the lofty summit of the golden era of JRPGs. Those shadows are far too dense. It has some standout moments to make me think fondly on my experience during its shorter runtime. 
It won't get someone like Larry to finish it with his fleeting love of RPGs, but it might be a good starting point for someone out there that doesn't want a 60-hour JRPG. A bite-sized experience? I think we need some of those in our lives from time to time. Mm-hmm.